Thank you so much for joining me today on another awesome episode of Bioenergetic Beats. I'm Heather Gray, Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioner and Bioenergetic Practitioner, and this episode is brought to you by Nikki, Unleash the Wellness Within. It's a non-invasive, easily affordable, and highly effective approach to optimize wellness. It's a wearable device that puts frequency, better base life in your hands and on your wrist. Make sure you stick around to the very end as well. You're not going to want to miss out. We have an awesome giveaway, two giveaways actually. Um, so you're going to want to stick around to find out information about that. And you're not going to want to miss one minute of this woman's story. She's doing incredible things for uh, people in Lyme, especially women in Lyme. Um, so let's give a warm welcome to Dr. Uh, Patterson. Thank you to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Looking so forward to uh, this conversation, much needed conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's always been my, um, my experience that most people in the Lyme world don't get there without some sort of a backstory, right? We don't just wake up one day and we're like, I want to be in Lyme disease because it's such <laughs> a complicated, complex, really hard, heavy story sometimes. So what is you, what's your story? How did you get involved in this, this whole Lyme? Yes. Yeah. So I had Lyme disease myself. I've also had Babesia. I've also had Bartonella. So pretty much every co-infection that comes with Lyme disease, I have um, also family members that have had the same and being the one to diagnose them after they had maybe a rash that didn't appear like the typical bullseye rash and having them go and get the blood work done and being positive for Lyme disease. So I um, learned more about Lyme disease. I had many of the symptoms prior to getting diagnosed, joint pain, fatigue, et cetera. And it wasn't until I started practicing, seeing patients, getting other other people worked up and, and, and learning more about Lyme disease or, and, or diagnosing that I said, wait a second, this might be some of the very same thing. Some, many of the symptoms are some of the very same things I have. And then testing, finding out I had pot, I was positive. And, um, for me, many of the symptoms were kind of an overlap, just like with many patients with autoimmune conditions. And I have a family history of autoimmune conditions. So they were kind of going down that route, but nothing was really showing up. So just like many of my patients not feeling well, but being in this middle ground where um, it's not an autoimmune condition, but I look able and I look physically capable, but I know I'm I'm working at half pace. So um, I I you know did integrative approaches, um, came back full circle. Definitely have gotten um, more tick-borne infections down the line. I am in I am in Connecticut, so we are more likely to do that, especially if you're an outdoorsy person. Uh, but but just having the opportunity to be able to work with patients to help them through this journey. Um, and then also myself and having that shared experience has been, um, it's, it's, it's taught me, it's taught me a lot. I continue to learn. I continue to impart knowledge and education about Lyme disease, but there's always new things to learn and to add on to your, you know, cadre of things that you offer for patients as well. It's crazy when you said that, you know, I wasn't feeling right, but not, you know, sick enough to people weren't alarmed. Are you familiar with Brett Martin from Lyme Less Live More? Yes. Yes. So he had a picture when he was first going through his Lyme journey and it was me before Lyme and me after Lyme. And it was the same picture, <laughs> right? Because all of us were like, well, you don't look sick. You know, that seems mm -hmm. to be a very common thing that we get told. And that's why we get told it's in our head and all these other things. So it's, 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 it's a sad state of affairs of, you know, it usually doesn't wipe you out, wipe you out a very large part of the time, but mm -hmm. it still makes it really hard to function. Exactly. 
And so, and that's one of the challenges, especially, and why I focus on that with my book, Women in Line. But then also, I find people that are younger, especially under their 30s, they're just told, you know, you're anxious, you're you're overworked, or women that have little kids, it's because you're not getting sleep, you're stressed out. And so what happens sometimes is oftentimes most people see about five, at least five doctors before they get diagnosed with Lyme disease. And one of those reasons is as many of those symptoms are poo-pooed as being you know, overburdened, stressed, or, you know, you're able-bodied, so you're okay. And then you go along with having these symptoms for years before they actually get treated. Absolutely. Maybe don't get treated. (laughs) Yeah. In my mid twenties, it was just mommy brain, you know, because it was shortly after my kid that my symptoms got 10 times worse and, oh, it's just mommy brain, you know, it's just hormones and it's, yeah, it is. uh, Yeah. And I'm remembering our conversation before I'm getting all excited again on what's to come. (laughs) There's just so many fascinating facets of of why women um, do experience so many more issues with autoimmune and with Lyme. And there's some like real, you know, facts around that. And it's just, it's just fascinating to me, but at some of your lowest points, like what were some of your worst symptoms? My, my biggest was that I, I felt like I remember being in, in school and in class and I felt like I could fall asleep in, on the bench, you know, like outside, I, I felt like I could just sleep all day if I wanted to. And the other thing I used to always say, and I still say to some of my patients now, what they'll say is I felt like I would wake up like I was 80. And then as the day went on, I got, I moved better. So it, then you really start feeling like it's in your head because you're like, okay, later in the day, I'm a little bit more mobile, but I just felt like it was that Frankenstein I always sell, like where you're kind of like hobbling, you're waking up in the morning, you can't feel anything. And then as the day goes over, like just like you see with people that have rheumatoid arthritis, you start loosening up, you start feeling better, but it felt like I was like a different person in the morning. Like I was at least two, three times my age. And then as the day went, it got a little bit better, but it was the, the, the crippling fatigue and the brain fog was really hard. And the other, other thing, quality of life that I started disregarding after a while because I got so used to it was I used to be really, really hot. So I would have like hot flashes, like my whole outfit would be drenched to the point that at school we had to wear our white jacket or we would get in trouble. We couldn't be like for your fourth year, you had to wear your white jacket. And I used to be so embarrassed because my, um, it would be drenched. So I used to have to go in stuff like <laughs> things I used to put it on in the hallway, you know, when I would see the the attendings and I would like, take it off when I go to see patients. But I didn't even realize for like two years I was wearing black until like I started, my symptoms started getting better. And I'm like, oh, it, it's again, people, you start changing your habits. Or when I even meet with patients, I'll say, oh, you know, we'll go through symptoms. They don't mention something like a headache. And unless I ask, so like, oh yeah, I have a headache every day. But you start writing off these symptoms because they become your normal. And you don't even realize that those things aren't normal after a period of time. But I remember this, it was something that I would think about before I get into a situation of like, am I going to get too hot? Am I, you know, are my cold clothes appropriate? Am I, you know, then you would, you would get this anticipation of how you were going to feel before you went to something or any kind of social activity. And after a while, it just becomes your normal, that your norm that you don't even think about it after, you know, that that's just your normal. Yeah, absolutely. It's so bizarre because you shouldn't have to be thinking of those types of things, you know, like people with IBS, right? When they go into a restaurant or a new place, they've always got the bathrooms clocked or, you know, for you, it was what kind of clothes should I be wearing? That's going to soak up, you know, <laughs> maxi pads underneath your arm. Pretty much. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. <laughs> and that whole idea of normal, right? We, I, we say it all the time, no matter how common a symptom may be, it is never normal. It is always your body's check engine light coming on saying, Hey, there's something going on in here. 
and how funny. So I, refresh my and mind. you keep them a secret too. That's the other thing is people keep these a secret from people. Like what I just mentioned that I'm not gonna, it's embarrassing. I'm not gonna be telling people, oh, I'm completely drenched and this is what happens to me, you know? So you just you just make adjustments. You don't go out to that event. You don't go out to the activity. And I have a lot of patients with Lyme disease tell me that. They're like, if I go and I go hang out with my friends for a couple hours, I know I'm gonna have to pay the price and need to recover for two days after. So you start pulling away from these things and you're not necessarily sharing that story or concern with people because again, you look able-bodied. So it looks like you are just, you know, it, it's, it's you, it's, it has nothing to do with your health. So it's like a secret disability in a sense. Oh, absolutely. Those- I used to have a box of gas X in my car, in my locker in, in high school and oh my uh, in my purse. So I always had three boxes of gas X and I didn't realize again, embarrassing, right? So <laughs> you're not going to say to somebody, hey, <laughs> is this normal? But when you see exactly. on TV, right? It makes it normalized that that these kind of symptoms, things come up, and this is what you do for it. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a really vicious cycle, and I'm glad that you're you're bringing up the embarrassing stuff. <laughs> yes, as you get older, you don't care about the embarrassing stuff as much, right? But oh, when you're younger, not. you do. <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. This is a great time to take a pause. Uh, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Put a better life in your hands and on your wrist. Nikki Plus Lime Frequency Set is designed to help you get back to the life you enjoyed before Lyme. After 45 days, you also gain access to the Nikki Platinum Suite of eight frequency sets and five frequency set bundles. Every Nikki comes loaded with a full inventory of frequency sets, including pain, energy, travel, immune, stress and anxiety, viruses and bacteria, allergies, insomnia, daytime bundles, nighttime bundles. Nikki puts a personal wellness center in your hands and on your wrist. Be better. Do better. WeAreNikki.com. Awesome, everybody. Welcome back. If you missed the first half, you missed a really inspiring, all too common story when it comes to folks and getting diagnosed with Lyme disease and the typical type of symptoms that we all deal with. Um, But now we're getting into the the nuts and bolts of like how she overcame Lyme, why the book, uh, why women in Lyme, why focus on women in Lyme and what's the, why the difference there. So I'd love for you to dive deeper into that. For sure. So the reason, um, so I, I just like many of the the patients I, I saw had seen probably about seven, five to seven doctors before. And the person who diagnosed really was myself, to be honest, you know, in terms of getting the lab work done, but I had went to several. So wait, wait, wait! You're uh-huh. living in Connecticut, yes, in exactly. medical school, and you still had to diagnose yourself. Yes, yep. Oh, and then I was told, and it's interesting because I had a bite, and I remembered it clearly. And I went to the doctor at that time, two different doctors, and it was an abnormal, like kind of reaction to it. And they all said it was a spider bite. And it's interesting because when you go back in time, you're like, that was probably the tick because that was when the time of when I started getting really exhausted and fatigued, et cetera. So I did that. I went to a rheumatologist. I was getting like alternating joint pain, fatigue. My ANA was positive. So I had one or two autoimmune markers that are positive, but what people don't know is about one out of four people will have a positive ANA. 
And also I have a genetic predisposition because my mom has lupus, my aunt had lupus, my you know grandmother. So I could still have those markers without necessarily having it. It could just be kind of a genetic thing that's carried down. So it was kind of like a wait and see. Um, I was just getting weird skin manifestations. I was getting the sweating, all of those pieces. So um, yeah, again, so I, I, so I had went, I was just like my patients. And so when I started working more with Lyme patients or knowing the story, you know, you actually know a lot of the symptoms you'll match into you go like, okay, this sounds kind of like, it's like Lyme disease. Have you ever been tested? And oftentimes the answer is no, which is crazy. Like you said, cause Connecticut, you know, that's where Lyme disease was found. Anybody in the Northeast, you know, when you look at New York, New Jersey, um, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, it kind of, it seems like an obvious given, even my dad, when I was the one that told him that I think he had Lyme disease, go back, get tested. I looked at the, um, the bite and it looked to me like a bullseye rash. And he said, why wouldn't that have been the first thing? You know, everything he went downhill, like joint pain, all the classic symptoms and the bite. And so I'm not sure. I still, to this day, don't understand why that wouldn't just be kind of a given for test. And I think, um, I don't know if it's lack of knowledge, if it's, um, of, 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 or it's just not listening to what the patient that's coming in front of you is actually saying and just thinking it's because of, again, like stress or overburdened or some other reason uh, for it and not really looking at that. So it's one of the things that is my goal is that people get educated even earlier. It's one of the reasons why I train um, a lot of doctors in the functional medicine space that are actually not doing Lyme disease, but at least feeling competent of saying, okay, these symptoms sound like Lyme disease. We test because at least if I get more people to even consider it and roll out and work it up, then we get people diagnosed a lot earlier. And as we know, if you get treated, if you get diagnosed earlier, your outcome is going to be a lot better than, you know, some of my patients that have dealt with having Lyme disease for 20, 25 years, or, you know, since they were basically teenagers, 27, and a, yeah. 27 years. And a lot of times it's because it hasn't been diagnosed. So if we get it earlier. It'll be a lot better. And so my story, um, just in addition to just the, the story that's common with Lyme disease was I found with women the, the, the amount of doctors they saw was even more, you know, was even higher or the, or the, or increased dismissiveness in care. And so if you look at the research, even when it comes to pain, women's levels of pain, um, especially if you're a woman of color are also not rated like the same as, as men in terms of if a woman will come in for a complaint. And a lot of times too, with Lyme disease, the symptoms are nebulous of like fatigue or sleep issues or joint pain or fatigue, which could be because of many different things. It could be because of stress. It could be because of hormones. A lot of women, if, if you get it perimenopausal or menopausal, there's definitely a lot of overlap in symptoms. And so that makes it also more likely for that not to be looked at. Um, the other thing, if you look at the statistics is men are much more likely to test positive um, the, in terms of serology, the blood test than women are, uh, women tend to show about three to four bands. So you have to have, for example, five bands IgG to be positive in that Western blot. And so men are more likely to show, not exactly sure exactly why, but um, in terms of the numbers. So then that's another reason that women will have potentially more symptoms that they show, but they might not test necessarily in the, the blood. Um, and also when we look at Lyme testing, as we know, there's about 50% or over 50% false negatives. So not only do we know that the testing is not ideal um, and per CDC, it's a clinical diagnosis, not just a lab diagnosis or not just a lab diagnosis. Yep. 
Um, but then also being a woman, knowing the chances that those bands are at the normal number of at least five bands is also less likely. So you just have us, especially women, take longer to get diagnosed. And then the reason I started or wanted to uh, to write the book um, as retained to women was because I found a huge connection with that and um, hormones as well as autoimmune conditions. And that even in the Lyme literate world tends to not be discussed as much. Like what's the hormonal impact that um, Lyme, that may have on a Herxheimer or a flare if somebody has Lyme disease. And so it was important to me to be able to, to have a conversation and to make sure that that was equally we look at the person holistically in every parts of care that that also is addressed because that could keep the management of their disease condition or actually worsen it if it's not managed well. Awesome. What is, what is the correlation between hormones and uh, Lyme flare? Yeah. So one people, one thing people don't know is I guess, cause we're in this mechanistic, you know, we separate all these different pieces of our body. Like our hormones are connected also to our immune function. A lot of people don't know that. Um, there are receptors on our body throughout our body for every single hormone we have. So estrogen is one, progesterone, uh, testosterone, um, DHEA, when we look at those things. And so when you look at estrogen, estrogen is very much needed um, for your immune system, but um, it can also cause, if it's not balanced well, especially women that are more estrogen dominant are going to be more likely or prone to have autoimmune conditions or more overreactive, you know, autoimmune or inflammatory responses. So it does help with the inflammatory response. The problem is if you're more estrogen dominant, you're likely to have maybe too much, you know, it's balanced too much in the other extreme. Now, progesterone and testosterone are also uh, very supportive for uh, progesterone helping with the Th1, Th2 uh, balance with the helper cells but also it's anti-inflammatory. So that and testosterone. And so they think that is also one of the reasons why men are less likely to have autoimmune conditions because of their testosterone. They have much higher levels of testosterone and testosterone is an anti-inflammatory. And so when you look, as we get older, over the age of 40, things like testosterone goes down, things like DHEA goes down. When you're into menopause, perimenopause, your, your progesterone goes down. So all of those things we have that are actually protective for us are all decreasing. And that is why you'll see these onset of autoimmune conditions at a higher rate, same as when women have a baby after they have a child, when those hormones drop, but that's when you're more likely to get what? Thyroid conditions conditions, autoimmune conditions. And so you'll see the same with Lyme disease because all these things that were protective for inflammation are now like getting exposed in a sense. And so I would see it. And how I started seeing it is that I would see women that would be like a week, I would I manage well, we'd get them well, but then they would say like five days before my cycle, these are for menstruating women. They'd be like, I feel horrible. And so they would kind of go through this thing where they were good for three weeks and then bad for one week. And what we had to do was really not only give support, integrative support for hormones, but also I had to put them on like higher things for anti, for inflammation, you know, prior to the cycle, uh, because things like something called prostaglandins get released, which are good things because it helps with shedding for the uterus, but it also increases up inflammation. So things like an natural anti-inflammatories, things like turmeric, boswellia, quercetin, those all helped to, um, to modulate the inflammation and also help to support the cycle. And so what I found over time is women that had those, those issues, their hormonal issues, when I got that balanced over time, it also definitely helped with their disease condition with Lyme disease. It was like a night and day difference when I was going through FDN. And that was one of the first things that we addressed is actually balancing out hormones. 
And thank God, like it was a night and day difference from feeling just a zombie, so much Mm -hmm. pain wiped out to, oh, my period, you know, literally like a day before my period. And I'm like, oh, my period's supposed to come. You know, it wasn't, (laughs) it it almost like snuck in, like it's kind of supposed to, it's not supposed to completely wipe you out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Again, I had my doll, you know, a couple cans of me everywhere, you know, and I thought of those things like candy, because that was the only way that I could get through a day, you know hindsight's 2020. If I don't, if I, there's no way I would touch that stuff now. It's so horrible for the liver and really hard on the gut, but mm-hmm. you know, but it speaks to what you're saying. You're just like, okay, this is fixing it. And then you're like, but why do I need to keep using this? all the Absolutely. Time? Absolutely. So yeah. What, yeah. Once you balance out the hormones, ooh, what a game changer. Yes. And, and for many, so many different things, like, like I said, your immune function, um, your ability to yeah focus like brain fog, hormones are, are significantly impacted, um, inflammation. So we need to, we need to think of all that. And the other thing is, I know we're speaking about women, but I also see it a lot for men, many men. And you probably see the same thing, how they're like with lower, low testosterone levels. Like I didn't see that 10 years ago. Um, and so you'll have, for example, testosterone range is like 250 to 830. And I'll have someone in their twenties. That's like 260. And, you know, they're told, oh, that's okay because you're in the normal range. But I'm like, that's the range when you're 70, you know, like when you're, when you're older, like you're in your twenties, you should be at 600. And so the reason that's an important marker, especially for men and men that are listening is that, um, testosterone again is anti-inflammatory. So if you have a lot of infections and chronic infections, your testosterone will also be lower. So that's also a tip off if someone's testosterone is low is what's going on by way of like infections. Um, even hormones all for women, if all the hormones are low and you're younger, like what, what is your body kind of fighting off that it's needing to like sacrifice the hormones as a result? Because as I say, like, if you're, if you're, um, if you're not doing well, your body isn't going to stop and say, okay, it's time to reproduce. Right. <laughs> so it's a, if you're not doing well, the stress response, if you're stressed out, if you're have chronic infection, chronic inflammation, chronic disease, your body is not going to make the space to have a baby or be fertile because that's, it's not needed, you know, it's not needed to survive. And so I always explain that to people. So what's the first thing that's going to go, it's going to be your sex hormone. So that's pretty telling um, information about what's going on in your body if those are lower too. And so I just wanted to mention that I see it for men too, pretty frequently with low testosterone levels. And that for men can also cause brain fog, issues with physical stamina, it can affect the libido, energy. Um, a lot of the symptoms can get better just by looking at that too. So. Absolutely. And it motivation. Oh my gosh, that's huge yep. with low T a man, a guy who complains about no motivation and, and you get him on the right type of stuff to help him out with that. It's amazing how, how quickly he turns around. Yes. Um, so tell us a little bit more differences that you found in, in the world of, of women in Lyme compared to, you know, men in Lyme. Well, the other things we have to really look at are thyroid conditions. So thyroid conditions will definitely uh, be impacted with chronic inflammation. So that's another um, piece I'm always looking at. And then if uh, for women in general, mental health, they have, there's more mental health affects that have been found with Lyme disease. So that has been studied and shown. So particularly like lower mood, you know, depression and anxiety. So what I find, um, what I often find with many of the women I see, they'll have issues with insomnia. They'll have issues with anxiety, depression, that sometimes might be their only temp off symptom. I don't, I, I don't know if you've seen that, but I've, I've definitely seen it, especially this is anecdotally. I've seen that more for younger people. I feel like in their twenties and thirties where 
one of the biggest things is they come in and they're like, I have a lot of anxiety. I actually had, have even had some people go to the hospital. They had Babesia that got diagnosed at the hospital that their only, their only clinical symptom was like significant anxiety, anxiety, um, ideations, you know, suicide, other things that they've never had a history of in their life. There was no life event that happened. There was no like basically trigger. Um, and then I've seen that with that and like palpitations and heart rate regularity. And then the, the you know, the POTS and the, um, those symptoms that will also be more common, um, for women, um, men will definitely have it too, but more common for women. And so there's also that component that I have to work on. And sometimes we don't have to do so much support around the mental support. Sometimes just many times just working on the Lyme disease specifically through integrative treatment, those things will start getting better. Um, oh. But then there, it's kind of, yeah, but it's kind of also a vicious circle because there's also that anxiety of like, why am I sick? Or how did I get sick overnight? And, you know, any symptom you're being, you start having this vicious cycle of getting worried about it and, and you know, what's going on and why don't I feel better? So once those symptoms start getting better, it allows you to be a little bit more relaxed and less anxious as well. So incredible. Absolutely. As always, you're always such a wealth of knowledge. And I just, every time I talk to you, I end up learning something more and new and it's just, it's just fascinating. Um, cause yeah, that's a big question that's been going on for a long time on why Lyme disease and autoimmune do seem to affect way more women than it does men. And so here's, here's, we got some hardcore proof of why, and you know, uh, it's about the time where can people find you if they want to know more information? Yeah. So my website, uh, womeninlime.com. So that's a great way uh, to connect in. Also, I'm pretty active on uh, Instagram at naturopathic.physician. So definitely feel free to connect with me there. There's so much more we could talk about. I didn't even go into in detail the roles of like Lyme disease and infections and how they can trigger up autoimmune conditions. And actually, in fact, people that have autoimmune conditions have two or three infections um, as well, chronic infections. So, so much more we could talk about, but that's another thing for anyone listening in to look into too, if they have autoimmune condition of, of, of could there be infections like EBV, Lyme disease, uh, mycoplasma that could be actually making your disease condition worse. But um, many of the things I go through in the book. Um, so I have my book here, actually I brought it out, Women in Lyme. So definitely check out my book. It's on Amazon. It was an Amazon bestseller. And then definitely check out the website, well, womeninlyme.com. Absolutely. Also, while you're out, make sure that you go to wearenikki.com forward slash podcast and enter in bio beats for 10% off your Nikki to help with energy, sleep, you know, balancing out the body and the brain. And because we love our customers so much, we want to show our appreciation with a giveaway. And so the lovely doctor here is offered up a copy of her wonderful book as a giveaway. And we're also giving away a Nikki on every podcast uh, episode. So make sure to go to the show notes to find out how to enter and also, while you're at it, make sure that you share, like, and subscribe to this, right? Because that's how this information gets out there. So if you've learned something new, if you've been inspired, if you've been given hope, make sure that you're passing this information along. Because I know it was a podcast that actually helped save my life and what got me oh, to become on FDN. Yeah. After the meta, you know, the traditional Western medicine model was just throwing napalm at the Lyme disease and not supporting the host right? Um, that's how I got into functional medicine. I was after listening to a podcast and, and hearing Reed Davis speak on, you need to balance the hormones and you need to make sure the detox pathways are open. And what's the stress level like? And I was like, oh my God, this all makes sense. I was a hairstylist at the time and intuitively it made sense. So these types of things, 
have a huge impact. That's why that's why we do them. So make sure that you're sharing that. Um, and Doctor, please thank you so much for joining us again today. It was just always such a pleasure to have you. And uh, everybody else, make sure to have a healthy day. Nikki Plus Line is the next generation of Wave One technology referred to in this testimonial. Is the Wave device? Have you been able to get back to yoga? I have. Yes. Not even just teaching, but like my own practice. That was a huge, I remember so clearly I went to a class last year and I wasn't even able to do like a basic pose because my body was in so much pain. And that's not something I've ever experienced before. I'm sorry. I'm getting like really emotional thinking about this. Um, but it is, it is really hard to have things that like you almost take for granted in your daily life. And then suddenly to just completely lose the ability to have those things anymore. So it almost in a way is like, there are silver linings to everything. And that is a silver lining is just like being grateful for so many of the basic things that we often don't even give a second thought to. So long, short answer, yes. Uh, for someone thinking of purchasing a device, uh, what advice would you give them? Do it. <laughs> Just do it. It's um, I really have explored so many way between essential oils. I mean, I mean, much of what the speakers said tonight, I've there's been my journey through the years. This is by far the quickest, the quickest, the most uh, painless. Um, I was it's just really for me, it was a, a synchronistic meeting and I ended up uh, being blessed with the device. So uh, I feel that, you know, somebody is, universe is saying, uh, we want you around for a while. Free shipping, free platinum set of frequencies for life, 30 day money back guarantee. Nikki, be better, do better. We are Nikki.com.